Hey, whether you enjoy listening to Breaking Down Collapse or Building Up Resilience, I think you'll also really enjoy our bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, Kellen and I take 20 minutes each week to talk about the news that's happening all around us and Collapse as it plays out. We like to have a little fun with it, but also make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the world of Collapse. We look forward to having you join us there. The link to join us on Patreon is in the episode description. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, Kellen, today's episode is on communication. And in uh, in this one specifically, I mean, there are lots of different things that we could talk about in the communication realm. It's a big, a big wide world. Um, but in this one specifically, we wanted to go over briefly the idea that communication is, it's a prep, it's a preparation. And it's kind of weird to think about it that way, other than just like physical, like, okay, you get a walkie-talkie or a radio or something. But in all reality, um, just like other preps are stored up, the way that we communicate is best to be known beforehand, before you lose your communication methods, which means you have to communicate that with people. So it's a little bit of a, you come full circle, you got to communicate with people about how you're planning to communicate when your normal communication methods are no longer available. Did I say communicate enough times? I hope you'll say it a couple more. <laughs> I'm sure throughout the episode, I will. Um, but much like, you know, food, water, knowledge, whatever it is, you'll regret not having communicated with, with others what your communication plan is beforehand. Have you ever, like, it's weird to think about this uh, in the present day because in the past, cell phones weren't really even a thing, right? I remember growing up and it was like, if my mom went to the store um, she had to have a plan with my dad beforehand about where she was going, how long she was going to be gone, you know, that type of thing. Have you ever lost cell phone service or your cell phone died when you're out in town and suddenly like not been able to communicate with someone? Yeah, I have. And it's a really weird feeling. Like we've just become so accustomed to being able to communicate to whoever we want to at any time. It's always at our fingertips. That when all of a sudden you don't have that, it's almost disorienting. Yeah, it's like a, a panic in me almost like, holy cow, if I need to like message my wife or call my wife or something goes wrong and she needs to get a hold of me or like, what if I get a flat tire? It's just so foreign to not be able to communicate immediately and easily with whoever I need, whenever I need. 
And so um, you can think about that, that idea that if something major were to happen or if communications went down, um, what, what would you do? You know, if you were at work, let's say at the office and uh, your kids are at school and your wife is at home or she's at her work or wh wherever, right? And there is an earthquake and it knocks out communication. What's, what, what do you do? What's the plan? Is somebody going to grab the kids? Do you know who that's going to be? What should your kids do in that situation? Are they supposed to sit tight? Are they supposed to try and get home? What do you, what's your responsibility? So having a, a plan, an idea set up beforehand, knowing what you're going to do is absolutely essential. So I just want to talk about a couple key ideas and steps to have in place in order to have a communication plan for when things don't go right. Great. Let's hear it. So the first thing is that if you ever find yourself in a sudden situation, especially in an emergency situation where communication methods are lost through normal means like cell phones, um, is to designate a place to meet. Again, that might be different for you and your spouse than it is for your children. You know, if you might tell your children, if you are with grownups, other people, if you are at school, for example, you stay at school until mom and dad come to get you. Maybe you live a block from school, right? And in, in an emergency, um, maybe it makes more sense for them to not be at school anymore and to come home, depending on the nature of the emergency. But those are the types of things to consider based on your situation, how far you are from the school, how far you are from wherever your kids might be. If they're at the park, make sure that there is a designated place to go. Now, you also have to have a backup plan for that. What if home isn't safe anymore? Or what if you're a further distance away? Then having either a, a mutual contact, having a designated um, landmark in your town or city where you can meet and rendezvous would be the next choice. If you are married or with a partner or even roommates or whatever it might be, if you live at home, making sure that you have assigned responsibilities in that case. Who does go get the kids, right? If you and your wife are not together, are you both scrambling to go get the kids? Or is, is one of you trying to prepare things at home? Let's say it's not necessarily like an emergency situation, like an earthquake or a hurricane or some catastrophic event, but simply just that there the power is out, right? Or the cell towers go down. What is the next step? How do you communicate in that moment with someone to let them know either where you are, that you are okay, um, and and whether or not you should be meeting them, right? Having a general idea and plan of what to do in that moment is important because otherwise you're left having no idea what to do and realizing that the other person has no idea what to do is terrifying, especially if those people are people you're responsible for, like your children. And I'll just jump in and say it sounds so basic and yet it's so important. Let's say you're married, you're at work, your spouse is at work. And there's some sort of a big catastrophe and all of a sudden there's no communication. You might think like, oh, I'm going to go find my spouse at work, you know, at their place of employment. And then you try to head that way and they're thinking the same thing. Oh, I'm going to go find, you know, my partner, my spouse at work. And they're trying to come find you where you were at. And then it's this panic because you can't find them. They can't find you. And if you had just made the plan to say, if we're ever without communication, 
there's some sort of a, an emergency, we're both going to head home. You know, something like that you would think is just intuitive. And yet in those moments, it's not necessarily to share just a really quick experience. One of my children as a kindergartner um, got off the bus and saw that the like the little entrance into our road was blocked because they were doing some road construction. And in his little boy mind was just like, oh, no, I I can't go home and nobody else will be able to go home either. I've got to go find them to tell them. And so we were already at home, but we were like, how come he has, you know, he should be home by now. How come he hasn't come home from school? And we ended up having this big fiasco where we were searching around the neighborhood, trying to find him. It was scary. And we finally found him and, and had to have a whole conversation around like, if this happens, go here. You know, like if for some reason, which, which by the way, he could have just walked on the sidewalk. Like, right. It was like a barricade in the street. He could have just gone around. Yeah. But if, if for whatever reason you ever can't go home, here's where we need you to go so that we can find you. Um, because again, in those situations, even if you're not, like a kindergartner, even if you're an adult, you're going to think, oh, this is the best kind of thing to do. And other people might not be on the same page if you haven't made that plan. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Yeah, and I think we've probably all had a sort of experience as a kid getting lost, you know, at a big event or something. Um, we recently took our kids to a big work event that we have in the summers. They do a big like picnic thing and there's bounce houses and, and it's a, in a pretty big venue. And my two kids who were uh, fairly young, seven and five, they wanted to go off on their own and just do what they wanted to do. And I was, I wanted them to be able to do that. But first we established some rules, right? You know, there's a big like flagpole in the center of the complex and you could pretty much see it from anywhere that you were. And I said, if if it's been too long and you haven't seen me for a while, we haven't caught up, let's meet at that flagpole every once in a while. If you get scared or lost or whatever, go there. I'll keep my eye on it. And then it was fine. They could just go and have a blast. And, and even though there were several hundred people there, I knew right where to find them. They knew right where to go if they needed anything. We didn't have to try and search around forever because the year before that same complex, we had a similar experience. Um, where I just let them go for like 10 minutes 
and it took an hour to find them after because we were probably circling around each other uh, doing exactly what you were saying about you know you and and the spouse trying to go back and forth finding each other at each other's work it can be in an emergency the difference between life and death potentially right especially again if there are children involved who don't always think rationally if they don't they might not be logical in their decision they might panic. And so if you haven't had the conversation, um, it's going to be potentially detrimental in that, in that situation. Something else that's important to consider and think about is, is it worth risking safety to travel in order to bring peace of mind to yourself or someone else? So if you're separated from someone, um, communications are out and you're not able to to let that person know whether or not you're okay, a lot of times the first instinct is to say, I need to know if that person's okay or I need them to know that I'm okay. But you have to consider the risk of actually doing any sort of moving or traveling in order to establish that. Sometimes the best thing you can do is to stay put. Even if you have a spouse on the other end of town or children in school or children somewhere else at a friend's house or whatever it might be, you're putting yourself and potentially them at more risk to travel long distances or through um, hazardous areas or whatever it might be. And so you need to have um, a level head to be able to figure out what to do in those moments. And again, to have communicated with people, you know, what to do in certain situations. This is also going to change dramatically based on where you live and how long you've lived there. How well do you know the area? You know, Kellen, we've lived here our whole lives. I feel like I know our town like the back of my hand. So it would be pretty easy to get around or, um, you know, talk about different landmarks or areas or, or people whose houses we could um, could meet at, that sort of thing. Whereas maybe you're new to a big city and that's going to change completely the way that you should plan and prepare um, when there is no form of communication readily available to you. The last thing I'll mention here is in regards to um, you should have a contact, a mutual contact who lives far enough away that they're likely to be outside of any sort of like emergency that you might have locally. So you might say to your wife and to your kids, hey, grandma so-and-so uh, who lives 300 miles away, like we're all going to memorize her phone number and her email address and her Twitter handle because grandma's on Twitter and Snapchat. <laughs> and... We're going to um, make sure that if we can't communicate with each other here locally, if we can find a way to communicate with grandma, then that's what we're going to do, right? Maybe um, maybe you're able to somehow get a brief internet connection. And even though my calls are dropping and you're not able to get a hold of me, you can at least call grandma, let her know where you are, let her know that you're safe. And then I will call grandma when I can or email grandma. And I will get to hear from her that you are safe and where you are. She will also hear that I'm safe. And and then there's a, a way to communicate with someone else consistently that can then pass on that message to someone else. That's not something you might think about in a panic. But if you, again, you've communicated it beforehand. We have this mutual contact. This is who we're going to get our info to when we get the chance and if we get the chance. That way we can work through that person to make sure we're still finding ways to communicate with each other. Because a lot of times it's not like uh, a full-on loss of communication. It's just that you cannot communicate with each other in an area where the 
cell towers are super bogged down, for example. Um, calls are dropping, whatever it might be in an emergency situation, phones can't be answered, it's not ringing, it's lost. Well, if I can't get to my phone right now and I can't find my kids, but in three hours I'm able to borrow a cell phone and I call grandma and she lets me know that the kids already contacted her, it, you know, it's a whole it's a whole thing. What's so great about that is just like determining a location beforehand, it's really easy. Like it's not like something that takes a lot of work. It just requires being a little bit deliberate. Hey, if there's an emergency, we're going to meet at the house. Like that's all that takes. Same thing here. It's like, Hey, if, if we can't get a hold of each other, but you find a way to communicate, communicate with grandma and, and you know, we'll work through her to make sure we get to where we need to be. It's not like so many other things with being resilient require all of this work and effort and might require a lot of money and whatever it is space and knowledge and all of these different things yeah but this really just comes down to making a plan you know um so we were in a rental right now we sold our house recently moved into a rental and so it's a different house different setup the windows work differently and we'd been there for um a month or so and i I realized every night when I'd go to bed, I would have this like panic, like, oh, this is an old house. It's going to catch on fire. You know, the, the types of things you think about when you're trying to go to sleep. And I'm like, my kids don't know what to do in the event of a fire, especially in this house. I think they have a general idea of what to do in a fire, but there's only one window in that basement they would get, they could get out of. And I recognized that that window has kind of a weird way that you open it. It's not hard. It's just not intuitive, especially for a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. And so, um, I finally remembered during the day one time and I said, Hey, I just want to show you guys how this window works in case you ever needed to get out of the house. It's as easy as, you know, in, in the event of a, a fire or something like that, where you can't get up the stairs, it's as easy as just twisting this thing and doing that. And then, and then getting out. And then, you know, the seven year old's like, well, but if I'm not tall enough to get out of the window, well, what do I do? And I'm like, well, you, then at that point you could just grab one of these you've got lots of toys down here, grab one of those stools and stick it out there and then step on the stool and get out. Anyway, it was like a five minute conversation or less three minute conversation. And I haven't thought about it again. I haven't worried or panicked about there being a fire. Um, I think it was nagging at me because I recognized that there was no preparation there. And now it's like, uh, I've done what I can do in that regard. And I have my own plan for what I would do if it happened. Now I know my kids know what to do if I was separated from them and they couldn't get that window open I would at least know to go to that window because that's where they're going to be waiting that type of thing a little preparation a little communication goes a long way for peace of mind and especially for um, you know realistic implications if something were to happen and you're talking about that from the standpoint of a parent but it also brings a lot of peace of mind for children when you can say like hey if you get lost do this or go here, they they worry so much less about being lost. If you say, if there's a fire, do this. Like, you don't want to dwell on it and spend all this time talking, you know, making freak them, them out. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a high likelihood of a fire. But if you spend a little bit of time just saying, hey, if there's anything that comes up, here's what you can do, then it just relieves a lot of that potential anxiety. Anxiety typically comes from the unknown. Uh, you know, a, a fear about something nebulous in the future. So if you can provide a little more concrete direction, man, that provides peace of mind for everybody. 
And resilience, if it's not good for anything else, is a great coping method. dust coming from still finding debris after vacuuming uv x10 pro omni robot vacuum has 8,000 pa of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets and it's totally hands-free want to know more go to eufy.com that's eufy.com and discover x10 pro omni the best in class all-in-one robot vacuum for only 799 dollars